you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Let's get right into it. I'm not going to let the music play. I'm not even going to do my what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, how you doing, how you doing. I, well, I guess I just did that. I feel like that's that's very important to the start of the podcast. But what the hell happened this week with the Boston Celtics? We're going to get right into it. By the way, I will be joined today on the podcast by Evan Singleton from GuyBostonSports.com. He also does the Tommy Points podcast. He also does the Unleashed podcast. And he also does a YouTube recap after every single game. I'll be talking with him in a little bit. But... Uh, what the fuck happened this week with the goddamn Boston Celtics? Like, they lose to the Jazz 122-108, to 108, and that's fine. The Jazz have won, like, 18 out of their last 19, 19 out of the last 20. They're playing unbelievable basketball. Lights out basketball. So congratulations to them. Then the Celtics play a beautiful game of basketball. They're back at home after their five-game West Coast road trip where I think they went 2-3, and three, I believe. Yeah, they went 2-3 and three in the West Coast trip. They come back to the Garden. And they win 120-106. to 106. It was a beautiful basketball game. And you're like, okay, things are good. You have the bottom two teams in the Eastern Conference coming up. Everything's going to be great. Nope. They lose to the Pistons 108-102. And then they lose to the goddamn Wizards 104-91. And now they're 500. And somehow they're still fifth in the East. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I'm very angry. I'm very frustrated. And I'm also very confused because I don't know what to do. There's so many people in the world right now that are saying fire Brad Stevens and we know I will die on the hill for Brad Stevens and then there's other people saying you got to make a trade you got to make a trade okay fair and then there are other people saying it's Danny Ainge's fault that's even more fair and then they're saying hey the roster is just not good because of Danny Ainge and Tatum and Brown aren't ready yet maybe 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 so what we're going to do is we're going to recap the Jazz game, we're going to recap the Raptors game, we're going to recap the Pistons game, we're going to recap the Wizards game, we'll do stud and dud of the week, we'll talk to Evan, we'll preview the upcoming week, because the Celtics have four games this week. And I'm going to be honest with you, maybe minus the Nuggets game tomorrow night, if you are listening on Monday, or if you're listening on Tuesday tonight, minus that Nuggets game, every single game is winnable for this goddamn basketball team. But, I don't know. I literally don't know what's going on. Insert gif of... Jim from the office here doing what is going on. I I don't get it. I'm very confused. I This team is very inconsistent. They are in a slump. And here's the thing. They're in more than a slump. They started the season off 8-3. Since then, they are 5-10. That is disgusting. That is not what this team is. And I don't know what's going on. Is it the weird season? Is it because Kemba can't play back-to-backs? Is it because Marcus, you know, is hurt? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm freaking out. Can you feel that I'm freaking out? Because I'm freaking out. I'm sweating. I may have a panic attack during this episode. And if I do, I don't know. Someone call the doctors. Hopefully, something can happen. <sighs> By the way, you can find me on the Twitter machine, at BannerBanter18, or on Facebook and Instagram, at BannerBanterPodcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts like the Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Let's Get Rich Podcast, Burnt Toast, and Eat the Damn Cake. You can also check out Big Night Breaks if you're into sports cards. If you're not into sports cards, get into sports cards. Find your sports cards in your mother's basement and your father's attic whatever the case may be go find your sports cards sports cards are cool again well to be honest with you sports cards have always been cool but now it's actually a good investment so check out bignightbreaks.com for group breaks personals all that stuff all right great so now now we're back to normal now we're back into the flow so let's recap the jazz game jalen returns because Jalen missed a couple games with his bad knee and by the way danny Ainge <laughs> announced that Jalen brown has tendonitis in his knee (laughs) like you gotta be kidding me the kid's under the age of 25 years old and he has a freaking tendonitis has a freaking tendonitis he has freaking tendonitis Jalen Brown has tendonitis in his knee and then you know Danny Angel's like oh I had tendonitis in my knee when I was playing in the NBA with the rest and shut up that's not gonna make me feel any better because there was no 
trainer, like really good trainers, all the technology, all this crap that the players have to do with, you know, having a nutritionist and all this stuff. No, 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 no. Shut up, Danny Ainge. Shut up. So Jalen starts out the game and hits like three threes in a row from the same exact spot. And the Celtics start off as a team seven of eight. And you're like, oh, this is going to be great. But the issue is they were the Jazz were still in the game because the Celtics were helping too much on defense. The great part about the Utah Jazz and what every single team should do in the in the NBA, high school, NCAA, the big three, any any type of basketball, rec leagues, youth church leagues, whatever the case may be, guys, I'm off the rails today. I'm really sorry. I'm off the rails. But the Jazz's ball movement is absurd. Every single time the Celtics tried to shift the defense over and force, you know, the side of the court that the ball's on, where they, oh my God, I can't even talk straight. The Celtics defense shifted to most of their players coming over on the side that the ball was on, and the Jazz did a great job finding the open players in those open spots. So bravo to them, bravo to Quinn Snyder, bravo to Donovan Mitchell. The list goes on and on. The other thing that sucked was the offensive rebounding. Multiple three-point shot attempts by the Jazz is never a good thing. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league. They also take the most three-point shots in the league. You name it, they're very good at it. And then you're feeling good because the Celtics are actually hanging in. You know, the fifth game of a West Coast trip in a tough place to play. It's the most fans that they've played in front of. I think the Jazz are letting like 4,000 people in. So so good for them. And then they start off the second quarter shooting 1 of 10 with poor shots. Grant Williams airballed a shot yeah, from a sick pass from the Time Lord. That didn't work out. The Time Lord, I thought, did a good job on Rudy Gobert. He was active on both ends. It was good to see the Time Lord back for a bit, but then he got a sore hip from this game. And then he didn't play in the Raptors game. He didn't play in the Pistons game. And then the Jazz started heating up. They went on like an 11-2 run. They get up by 6, and then... Kemba stunk, airballed one shot, and then luckily Jalen dropped like 20 points in the first half, so the Celtics were somewhat into it. And then the Celtics couldn't get anything going in the third quarter. The offense looked awful, no ball movement whatsoever. The defense stunk. Jazz were playing with so much more force. They were playing with so much more effort, especially on the rebounding side of the ball. I mean, Daniel Tice was shooting lights out. He made like five three-pointers. And just remember that, Daniel Tice made five three-pointers. You love to hear that. But it didn't continue all week, and that's a big issue with this basketball team that I'm going to talk about in a little bit, and I'm going to talk about it with Evan Singleton as well from GuyBostonSports.com. So fourth quarter rolls around. Celtics commit three fouls in the first 90 seconds. That's not going to help because you want to know what happened two minutes later. With 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter against arguably, record-wise, arguably the best team in the NBA, they were in the bonus. So every single time the Jazz got fouled, they were shooting. Unbelievable. Jason and Jalen took over for a bit. They got the lead down to four with probably about eight minutes left. And then the Jazz just went nuts. Started showboating. Even Jalen Brown said after the game it was fucking embarrassing. Having another team showboat when they're up 20 on you. It was awful. Awful. Absolutely awful. So you're like, okay. Have a couple days off. You haven't had a couple days off in a while. You're back at home at TD Garden. You gotta love it. And then... Right off the bat, the Celtics spread out the ball, and the ball movement was nonstop. It was beautiful. Oh, it literally warmed my mind, body, and soul. The Celtics were so goddamn good in this game on offense. It, in my opinion, it was their best offensive game of the season. No questions asked. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. 10 assists on the first 11 made field goals. That is something you write about. That is something you dream about. That is something you drool over. So bravo to Brad Stevens, forcing his guys to do it. I mean, Shemi Ojale and Peyton Pritchard combined for 33 first-half points. That's how you win basketball games. And shout-out to Jalen and Jason for actually, shout-out, like seriously, for actually getting other guys involved instead of playing a lot of iso ball. Shout out to them because that's fantastic. I mean, the Celtics had 39, main fi- 39 made field goals, 30 assists. Oh, uh, even if you don't like basketball, you're like, hey, that's pretty good. That's that's a majority of the shots that went in were was from a pass from a teammate. Daniel Tice was good on the boards. He was setting good screens. He was being physical. 
I mean, it didn't help that Tatum didn't get his first shot until the first, like, with only, like, two minutes left to go in the first quarter, but he got others involved. I mean, guys, if if the Celtics didn't suck these last two games, we were going to have a massive, massive, massive Jalen Brown dance party. Jalen Brown had 10 assists. I'm not even going to play the music. That's how pissed I am. You want to know why? Because Jalen Brown had zero assists today versus the Wizards. A big, fat goose egg. And he also led the team in turnovers. So this is why I throw these Jalen Brown dance parties, because he doesn't pass the ball a lot, and he can't really control the ball. Now, has he improved immensely this year? Sure, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. But he's, today he showed flashes of why I have these dance parties. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it was the most combined assist between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum ever in a game. And they did it just in the first half. And then the Celtics created, um, not created, they turned the ball over, and the Raptors are so good getting points off turnovers. They picked up their defense intensity too. They were making tougher shots. But the Celtics' defense in the paint was okay, but it kind of reminded me of the Spurs game a little bit. Like, it was just, like, too easy. And Siakam finally looked like himself before the buzzle, uh, before the, the bubble. He was scoring at ease. And when the third quarter started, the Celtics continued to drive and kick and swing the ball around and find the extra person, and it worked. I mean, the last three or four... Now, I don't know. I don't want to blame this on anything, but, like, the last three or four minutes of the third quarter by both basketball teams was literally the definition of throw up city vomit everywhere projectile diarrhea whatever you want to call it it was awful thrumping it was just throw up and shit all over the floor it was so bad and i don't know if it was the camera angle that nbc sports boston used that new side camera that they're using because there's no fans in the game but whatever it was whatever i watched that was terrible and it just wasn't because of the Celtics, it was both teams. They were just so bad. But the fourth quarter, the Celtics actually started off well. They did let the Raptors creep in a little bit, but the defense played very, very well, including a couple nice hustle blocks by Tyson Jalen, and that iced the game for them. And the Celtics had a very good team win at home off of a road trip, being a team, being a team, and it worked out, and they won 120-106. to 106. So you're feeling delicious going into the next game against the Detroit Pistons. You're feeling good. You're feeling great. You're ready to go. Kemba's not playing. That's okay. Peyton Pritchard gets his first career start. Shemi joins the group as well. You think, okay, the good shooting can't continue because the Celtics shot the ball very well. The ball movement, it won't be as good. So I was expecting a little bit of a drop-off. Anyone would. Shemi starts the game off with a three, and then you're like, okay. Here we go. And then the team overall started off 5-7. of seven. So you're like, okay, all the Celtics needed was some home cooking. Th- like, that's all that they needed. And then they let the Pistons go on a 13-4 run. <sighs> the Celtics forced the pick and roll in this game way too much. Excuse me. Excuse me again. I'm not going to edit that out because I'm, I am just so screw all of this because this is so frustrating. Being a Boston Celtics fan right now is frustrating as hell. It is not fun right now, but the Celtics forced the pick and roll, even though it wasn't working, and Dwayne Casey and the rest of the Detroit Pistons defended it and coached it very single well, uh, very, very well. I really can't talk. I'm all out of sorts, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trucking through. I'm going to show more effort than the Celtics did today because that was tough. That Wizards game really threw me off. One of the highlights of the Pistons game, if you were if you were watching on NBC Sports Boston, Marcus jumped in with Mike and Scal, and I thought he was great. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was very vocal. He was honest. He loved the hustle plays, talked the good, the bad, the ugly. I thought he was fantastic, and I think he has a future. I really and truly do. So keep an eye on Marcus Smart in like 10 years. Uh, maybe uh, being a sideline side reporter, maybe doing the color analyst stuff, with kind of like what Scal's doing right now. Who knows? But this is when I'm, uh, I'm currently looking at a, uh, a golf tee right now. And uh, when I saw what happened in the second quarter, I wish I had this golf tee that I have now in my hand so I could bulge my eyes out. Because Sadiq Bay went off in the second quarter. Aaron Neesmith cannot get on the floor for the Celtics team. He can't. He played today against the Wizards, so congrats to him. He, yeah, his defense was actually pretty good. But Sadiq Bay went off in this game. He went nuts. Who did I want 
the Boston Celtics to draft the 14th pick of the 2020 NBA draft. I wanted Sadiq Bey. That's all I wanted. That's all I needed. Sadiq Bey, you could argue, was one of the two or three guys in this draft that was NBA ready. Aaron Neesmith is not NBA ready. And if you think Aaron Neesmith is NBA ready, kindly shut this podcast off. Sadiq Bey is NBA ready. Sadiq Bey would be getting playing time right now with the Boston Celtics. Sadiq Bey finished with a career high 30 points. He did not miss a three-pointer. I think he went 7 of 7. It was either 6 or 6 or 7 of 7 from 3. He scored 27 points in three quarters. I don't even think Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Langford have combined for 27 total shots that they've taken in the NBA. It was Brandon Clark the year before instead of Grant Williams and Romeo Langford. And now it's Aaron Neesmith. I just wanted Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark's really good. He would have been a nice fit on this team. I really wanted Sadiq Bey. He would have been a really nice fit on this team. But nope, nope, can't do it. Can't do it, and I'm sick of it. I'm so angry right now with this team. It's absolutely so frustrating. And the ball movement, it sucked. It sucked again. I don't get it. It was night and day, day and night, like the Kid Cudi song. It was brutal. I mean, sure, they closed out the second quarter well. I mean, great and all, but the third quarter comes around. The Celtics clogged the paint on defense, and they didn't defend the three-point ball well. Because Blake Griffin and Grant and some of those other guys, they were getting to the hoop. I mean, Lansing Galloway, whatever that guy's name is, he was dominating Peyton Pritchard, using his size, just kind of like what Russell Westbrook did today. That's going to be the negative with Peyton Pritchard, just like the negative with Isaiah Thomas. Small guys can't defend in the NBA. And then the Celtics went cold, and Sadiq Bey went off again. Just absolutely unbelievable. And then the Celtics' fourth quarter, just poor execution on both ends. Just, uh, I know my mic doesn't sound that great today, and I'm sorry. It's probably because I'm so angry and so passionate. I'm really popping my peas, so I'm sorry about that. But absolutely just disgusting performance in that Pistons game. And then just when you think it couldn't get worse, this Sunday game against the Washington Wizards in Washington, D.C., what are we doing? Why do why does this team hate, hate 1 p.m. games? They Super Bowl Sunday, they lost. Sure, it was in Phoenix. Okay, fine, but like, you're not waking up as early because you're in Phoenix and it was at 2 o'clock, so technically that's 4 o'clock for you. Or is it 5 o'clock? Whatever the hell, whatever the time difference is. I'm not a time different, time difference expert. But it doesn't help that the Wizards are, they just run, 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 run. They have the number one pace in the league. That's how Scott Brooks plays all of his teams. Russell Westbrook loves that way. Bradley Beal loves that way. And Jalen has been falling asleep lately on defense, which is weird. And why Tatum doesn't ever go up to try and block a shot, I have no idea. Like, does he have nightmares of Bam out of bio? I, I, we'll never know. We'll absolutely never know. But Neesmith did come off the bench in the first. He got to the line after shooting a three. His release has, is going to have to be quicker, but his shot's, shot's going to get there. So, like, I really have no complaints about Aaron Neesmith today. I really have no complaints about Kemba Walker either. Kemba Walker was great. He really was. I mean, Kemba went 9 of 18 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, got to the line 4 times, 7 rebounds. Sure, he had 5 turnovers, but he scored 25 points. It was probably the best game Kemba's played all year. And, I mean, that's saying a lot because he's, <laughs> he's been something else this year. You know, and Jalen, 25 points as well, 52% from the field. But, like, this team shot 9 of 35 from 3. In 18 of 30 from the line. It's so bad. And the turnovers are becoming a huge issue for the Celtics team. I mean, in, it's absolutely unbelievable. The f- end of the first quarter of this Wizards game, the Celtics had seven turnovers in one quarter. The entire Pistons game, they had ten. How does that happen? Like, seriously, how does it happen? I, I know a lot of people want to blame Brad Stevens for all these issues, and that's fine. But let me let me say this. 30 assists against the Raptors, 14 assists against the Wizards. That's two games apart from each other. You're telling me that's on Brad Stevens? Stop. Absolutely stop. That's so stupid. If Brad's telling these guys to swing the ball around and yip, 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 and it works, 
and then they don't swing the ball around, and you're going to say, oh, hey, the players are tuning Brad out? Really? If you think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown didn't agree to Brad Stevens getting an extension, fine. And listen, is Brad Stevens some motivational coach that's going to make you want to run through a wall and go change the world? No. He's an X and O's guy. So if you think that Brad Stevens is going to get in his player's face, it's probably not going to happen. So back that up a little bit too. Okay? Sometimes the coach is to blame. The Pistons game, you want to blame Brad? Fine. The Jazz game, fine. The Suns game, eh, maybe. Sometimes Brad's rotations are not that good. As a Brad guy... I'll, I'll put my hand up and admit that. Brad Stevens' rotations are a little crazy, and sometimes he overthinks, and that's fine. Okay? And maybe it's not fine. It stinks sometimes. But today's game, in my opinion, was like 98% on the players. And for all those people that are just like, well, this the coach had to make him play better. Oh, okay. So it's whose fault that 12 free throws were missed in a 13-point game? Whose fault's that? Probably Brad Stevens, right? And the the 17 turnovers as a team. Some of them, players not being in the right spots because they don't know how to play with each other. Balls getting thrown at, at feet. You know, there was, there was one time Kemba tried to force a handoff to Jalen Brown. Why? Don't force it. The Wizards stole it and went up for a layup. Brad probably has 10 different things you can do if you do not set it up. If, if you don't do the handoff, there are other things you can do. So to me, that's on the players. So I, I get, like, the transition defense sucked. It was just an overall terrible game. I don't want to talk about it. But if you ask me right now, today was on the players. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Let's get into sudden dead of the week because I have some more ranting to do. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud. Of the week. All right, so your sudden dud of the week for episode 111 on the Banner Banter podcast with your favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. I didn't mention that earlier. I'm I'm all out of sorts, like I said, but Shemi scored a career high the other night. He was fantastic. Their ball movement, unbelievable. Bravo to the Boston Celtics for beating the, a very good team, a Toronto Raptors team, to see Shemi Ojale, a bench player for the most part, even though he did, you know, he's getting more minutes and started a couple games this week. Sure, Jalen had a nice week, but Shemi playing a big game against a good team, to me, is a good thing. He didn't shoot that well versus the Wizards, but who, to be honest with you, if it wasn't for Shemi Ojale, this would have been a four-week or a four-loss week. It, it, it wasn't the best week of all time from Shemi Ojale, but that game that Shemi Ojale had and the Pistons game, I thought he was fine and didn't do anything crazy, but that Raptors game and how he played was, was good because I, it does give the Celtics a little bit of confidence knowing that they can beat a good team in the East. And I understand that the Raptors are, what, the eighth or ninth seed right now, but let's be serious. The Raptors are a good team. They are. So shout out to Shemi Ojale. And the dud of the week is Danny Ainge. And Danny Ainge is in a very tricky situation, folks. Danny Ainge is the one that put this roster together. Brad Stevens said at the start of the season on Zolak and Bertrand, you know, when they, they were 8-3, and three, that he didn't think that the record showed how bad this team actually was. Like, Brad knew that this team was not ready and was not going to be that great of a team. Like, Brad knew that going in. Now, is that a bad thing? I don't know. But Danny Ainge is relying too much on trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And he's relying on who he drafts and trying to pants every single person that he trades. Sometimes that doesn't always work because the players aren't consistent enough. Like Tice shooting lights out, hitting five three-pointers in one game. He couldn't even hit the front of the rim in this game. Now his shooting's off all of a sudden. And I understand that he hurt his hand a little bit in the early parts of the third quarter against the Wizards today. But like overall, oh my god. And, sa- and the same thing goes with Shemi Ojale. And Grant Williams isn't consistent either. And Carson Williams isn't consistent. And Aaron Neesmith isn't consistent. Romeo Langford's made out of glass. We can go on and on. And Time Lord's not consistent. It's probably because he's not getting enough minutes, in my opinion. But, like, this roster isn't good enough to succeed this tough schedule. And that is on Danny Ainge. That's not on Brad Stevens. This roster stinks right now. I thought it was going to be better. I'll wave the white flag. I thought it was going to be better. And who knows? It might. 
they might be able to flip the switch. These next 10 games are all very winnable games for the Celtics. They played the Raptors. That's a winnable game. They play the Clippers. They already beat them. They play the Wizards. They already beat them once. I'm going to consider today a wash, okay? You play the Hawks twice. You can beat the Hawks. You play the Pelicans. You can beat the Pelicans. Like, there's a lot of games, and you also play the Mavs. The Mavs have been more up and down than you have this year. The roster stinks right now. Right now, it stinks. Can things change? Sure. But Danny Ainge is in a tricky situation. Does he go all out? Does he fire Brad? Or does he consider this season a wash and doesn't do anything, makes a bigger move in the offseason, have a full training camp with the squad, Jalen Knees get healthy, Kemba's a year older, and Marcus Smart goes into a contract here? Who knows? But we'll talk about that with uh, Evan Singleton from GuyBostonSports.com. We're going to get into that interview right now. We did it over Zoom, so if the audio is not the most perfect thing in the world, my apologies, but here is my sit-down chit-chat with Evan Singleton from GuyBostonSports.com. Hope you enjoy it. All right, everyone, it's time to bring in our very special guest this week, Evan Singleton. Evan is the founder of GuyBostonSports.com, and he has a couple podcasts, the Unleash podcast and the Tommy Points podcast as well. Evan, thanks for joining us. How are you doing, man? I wish it was under better circumstances. We just got finished <laughs> up with that Wizards game. But um, as a as a fan of your show, too, I am very excited to uh, jump on the show here with you, Timmy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I wish I could do all the uh, after-game recaps like you and your crew does. That's uh, <laughs> I wish I had that time. That's uh, very impressive. So we might as well dive right into it and talk about uh, whatever the hell that Wizards game was. <laughs> what, uh, what were your uh, overall thoughts on the game? I so so you mentioned it too. I go I go live after games and it's tough because to be honest, I, I go from watching the game to quickly hitting the the start streaming button. I'm like, all right, I gotta figure out my thoughts here before I talk to a bunch of people. And my mind goes everywhere. And that was the definition of a game where I'm like, it's Brad's fault. Wait, but Tatum put up six points, but this bench stinks. It's like every single every single issue that we've seen in the Celtics, you know, so far this season, I think came out during that game. Um, so I don't know if you could put your thumb on it, but it was just a terrible game and it's not the first Sunday game that we've seen be terrible. Yeah. It's, it's so weird because, you know, these afternoon games, yes, they suck, but like you can't have that excuse anymore. Like the Knicks game, (laughs) what mid January, when, whenever (laughs) that was, that seems like light years ago, you could say to yourself, okay, that kind of makes sense. It was one crappy game, but I think they've, I forget what NBC sports Boston threw up afterwards, but I think they've lost like two out of or three out of five Sunday games this season. I, I, I just I know, think I know it was Super Bowl and, Sunday, right? And then yeah. now this Sunday, it's like every single Sunday, it's they forget that they have a game. <laughs> yeah, Because you can't use the hangover excuse, you know, like if they're if they're out or something, because who's going out in Washington, D.C.? Like, yeah. even, even if there wasn't a pandemic, you know, Miami, OK, sure. But it's like, are people like in the rooms by themselves with a bottle? Like that, <laughs> that, that would also be very alarming too. You, you know, that's more alarming than, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. That's more alarming than everything else. But I, 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 I know a lot of people want to blame Brad and that's fair mm-hmm. because it, it, it's shocking to see them play so well against the Raptors early, early in the week. They had 30 assists. The ball movement was phenomenal. It was probably the best offensive game that the Celtics had all year as a team, maybe not as yeah. individuals, but like as a team. And then you have 14 assists in the wizards game. And it's not like there's no way Brad was like, we should stop passing the ball around. Like there's so I feel like this has more to do with the players. I know it was a thing overall, but if a main blame for me is the players, what do you think about that? I think the main blame can go. And I think it's not even really his fault, but this team lives and dies on Tatum and he had six points. So that's kind of where like the loss comes from my Brad take. And I, this doesn't directly answer the question, but my take overall has been if we want Tatum to get better if we want Brown to get better I don't see any reason why I can't tweet or say I want Brad Stevens to get better he's a very similar coach to what he's been in the past which is fine he's a good coach so I'm not on the fire Brad Stevens train but I do want him to get better and my thing all year has been in losses it's almost like when the game starts going downhill and you know what you're getting out of your players that game they're clearly not trying as hard as they could they're making mistakes I haven't necessarily seen the you know, hey, guys, let's step it up and let's get this going. So there's that's my criticism of Brad Stevens. But in terms of wins and losses, I don't think there's a better coach out there that is all of a sudden going to come into this team and be like, hey, let's start winning games. It comes down to the players. The Sunday games, they clearly have no effort. But I don't think Brad Stevens is off the hook. 
if that makes sense. No, you know, no. And yeah. I'm, I'm a big Brad Stevens guy. I'm one of those people that are going to die on this Brad Stevens Hill and I'm okay with that. But that mm-hmm. what you said was such a good point. Where is the improvement in Brad Stevens where, yeah. you know, it's not even, is he a bad coach? No, but can he get better? Yes. And has he gotten better? No. It's it's a maybe he probably has gotten better, right? I don't mean to say it that negatively. He probably has gotten a little bit better because. Oh, sure. I, from from year one to year eight. Sure. But you could say over the past maybe two or three years since Gore, you know, since Horford came in, yep. he probably hasn't improved that much. Right. Right. Whereas I and I know it's tough to to like to say that and be like, well, then what do you want a coach to improve in? And it's, and it's that sort of being involved and being intense. And I know people say, Hey, that's not Brad Stevens style, but as such a, you know, as such a savvy coach, you would think if that's something this team lacks, maybe the coach is okay. You know what? Maybe it's not my comfort zone, but I'm going to try and be a little bit more of that, be a little bit more engaging with these players and not just, you know, sit there and, and wait for a timeout to call a, a good play, yeah. you know? And, and I know that's, that's, that's kind of an exaggeration. But to your point, since, you know, the past three years, call it, I've seen the same exact Brad Stevens and it's like all the things that people rag on Brad Stevens for still to this day are the same things that they rag on him for. And it's like, if this team was winning championships or, you know, if they were the Patriots where you can say what you want about Bill Belichick, it's like, if, if the, if the, the money where your mouth is sort of mentality is, it was there, that'd be great, but they keep getting to the same spot and coming short. So it's like, there's gotta be improvement somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think the players have tuned him out? I so that's what everyone's saying in in my streams and whatnot. They say you know Tatum and and Brown like maybe they're trying to do their own thing and and I actually went back and I don't know if you ever saw this clip or whatever, but JJ Redick asked Tatum what the difference between Coach K and Brad Stevens is, and he said, well, Coach K I respect so much. He was really a motivator and one of the most out of his players. And then Tatum's literally says in the next sentence, but Brad and I don't know if I read too much in. He didn't call him like Coach Stevens or break calls him Brad, but that's probably fine. They're adults here. But he goes, he's just a, he's really an X's and O's guy and then kind of stopped his sentence. And I was like, that's weird that, you know, what I mean, I, I think it's I read too much into it, but it is interesting that, you know, we've said that for years and now all of a sudden you hear it from the horse's mouth, the best player. So it's it's I know that Tatum at least thinks he is just an X's and O's guy and he's not the motivator or the guy that, you know, instills intensity that. I would like Brad Stevens to be, but I don't know about tuned out. You know, it's like, it's easy to say that after that West coast trip, after they've dropped a few games, you know what I mean? So I I wouldn't say tuned out, but I think if they continue to play like this, I think the question has to be there, like has to be there because everyone says, Oh, well, you know, Tatum's not getting to the hoop. That should be Brad Stevens telling him to get to the hoop. Well, if he's telling him to get to the hoop and he's not doing it, then that's the definition of tuned out. Yeah, exactly. Because my my other thing is, is like, I'm pretty sure the Celtics wouldn't have extended Brad Stevens if they didn't ask Tatum about it first, because there is. Yeah, yeah, there is no way that they would have said, hey, this is a future top five player, future top 10 player in the league. We're going to ignore his request on coaching. And, you know, I I see everyone saying, hey, we got to replace him, blah, blah, blah. Okay, with who? And, you know, million dollar question. Yeah. And, and then people are like, oh, well, why don't we just bring like a former player? Like I, I've seen Chauncey Billups mentioned a lot. What? Like what? It, what is Chauncey Billups? No offense to Chauncey Billups, Hall of Famer, NBA champion, one of the best point guards to ever play the game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like he's an assistant, 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 assistant coach <laughs> with the Clippers right now. Like what is he going to do that's going to miraculously change this inconsistent bench? the inconsistent ball movement. Like that's the thing that just really fires me up that like, I really think players need to get some of the blame. I I just feel like, Mm. especially in Boston, people are like, unless it's the Patriots, if it's the Red Sox, the Bruins, whoever, if they stink, it's the coach's fault, but it can never be the player's fault. And that drives me nuts. And I feel like today might've been the first time where people can actually blame the players because there was just no effort anywhere. Yeah. And that just yeah. drove me nuts. It's 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 terrible. And I think, you know, I think like the point we're we're making here too is that like there's blame to go around. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. And and, and at, at, we're all guilty of it as Boston fans. You know, it's like like you 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 kind of find your your fix and stick to it and and stick to your your shtick, I guess. But this team has so many issues, and they all just came out in this game on a yeah. Sunday, ruined Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh, geez. But one thing too, and this is kind of just like a going off on a tangent here though but when someone in my stream at once had brought up 
you know, well, look at the Warriors. Mark Jackson pretty much built that team. And then they took the flyer and went with Steve Kerr. Why don't the Celtics do that? Brad Stevens was the, you know, the foundational coach. He built this team. Now go find the next coach. The difference between the Celtics now and the Warriors then is that the Warriors couldn't care less if they just stunk after they took a flyer on Steve Kerr. They didn't have any sort of foundation or anything. I get it. Mark Jackson built the team. And then you went and found your, your golden coach and Steve Kerr. If the Celtics just, you know, quit their job, you know, if we're drawing an analogy or quit their job without having another one right now and just took the most random job ever and it didn't work out. And I guess the analogy is that Brad Stevens is their current job. They want to quit the job. And then before having a new job in place, it's like you could be left with no money, no job, no security. It's like Brad Stevens is the coach right now. You've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows how many times recently? You don't just say, okay, screw all that. Let's find a new coach. You yeah, know, exactly. if, there, if, if there was, so, and if there was a Greg Popovich equivalent, just like available, then I think maybe the, maybe the fire Brad Stevens fans or crowd have more legs to stand on, but there isn't. Chauncey yeah, Billups is probably the best name. And in, in what's Chauncey Billups? Like you just said. Yeah, exactly. And then, and, and the other thing is, is it's a player driven league. Because as far as I know, when Steve Kerr wasn't the coach, the Warriors were still really, really good with Luke Walton as their yeah. assistant coach. Like it, it was because Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson were great players. Yep. The question is, and I don't know if this is a major bash on Tatum and Brown, can you trust if Brad Stevens had back surgery and had the lead leave? Can you trust Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to be like Clay and Steph and Draymond? And I don't think that they're there yet. No, and I, I I don't think it's a shock that this in t- this stretch of terrible basketball comes with Marcus Smart out either. Oh sure, you know, absolutely. He is yeah. sort of like that. That would be the guy if you said pick one guy to trust to fill in as sort of like a player coach. If Brad were to go missing, yeah, Smart would be the guy. So I don't think Tatum and Brown are there yet at all because you know it's it's been clear like when when have you seen tatum try and coach up a, a young i know he's young himself but when have you seen him try to coach up a rookie or, or brown brown almost looks like he's a guy that kind of keeps to himself as he plays too these guys aren't aren't leaders so they're they're leaders by example right now but that isn't the only way to do it you know all these all these quiet leonard's probably the only guy i can think of recently to be sort of just a quiet lead by example guy but every other star in the league sort of is the yeah, I'm a leader, but I'm also going to be, you know, leader by example, but I'm also going to be vocal, you know, and, and be a leader for chemistry and all that type of stuff rather than just playing good basketball. Yeah, because you could literally go down the Eastern Conference. You could be like, all right, 76 or 7 bead. The, the Nets he's have, vocal. yeah, he's very vocal. The Nets have KD, yeah. uh, even, you know, Jimmy Butler with the Heat, Kyle Lowry with the Raptors, but, and you have Marcus Smart, but it's just Marcus Smart just isn't as good as any of those guys that we just right. mentioned, minus Kyle Lowry, because I think Smart's better than Kyle Lowry. Um, Screw Kyle so, Lowry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I tweeted this out, and I don't know if I'm an idiot for tweeting it out, uh, but I'm a I'm wondering if this team continues to play this way, that the Celtics aren't going to do anything, that it's going to be a wash of a season, that they're not going to try and risk doing a big move if they know it's not going to be worth it. And then that way they have a, they can make the moves in the off season. They can have more time together. Jalen's knee can get healthier with the tendons. Mm -hmm. because that's frightening news. Do you think that the Celtics might just call this season a wash if these next 10 games before the break stink, or do you think Danny will make a massive move? And if so, who are you looking at? So the, the, the tough thing is, is that, and it's, it's a hard pill to swallow too, is that the Celtics don't, well, this is going to sound weird, but the Celtics don't need to make a move right now. Their two best players are 23 and what, 24 years old. They're technically, if we're going off of NBA history, you know, three to four years away from their prime. They have time to grow and time. They can make a move during any of those three to four years, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of add to it. The, the tough part is that, you know, all of a sudden you look at this and say, okay, this team's terrible if they're, if they're not growing you know, at the rate that they've been growing the past few years, do players start to get a little turned off by this team? Tatum, who seems like he wants to be a lifelong Celtic, if all of a sudden they start turning in the wrong direction, does his entire mentality switch around and now he doesn't love it here? Same thing with Brown. Mm-hmm. So the team itself doesn't need to make a move. I think that they should. And But to your point, if it's, if it's kind of a chalked season overall, if adding a P.J. Tucker on the bench isn't going to put them over the top, then they might not do it because if this team was you know a, a one or two seed in the conference right now getting some of those uh, bench players would possibly put them over the top you know get them to the finals and whatnot if this team's going to be in the play-in games you know sub seven seed then i don't think 
any of these these um more or less bench player or role player trades are going to do anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if Danny does nothing. What I will say is that um I I'm kind of leaning towards him not making that big blockbuster move by the deadline because they do have this offseason to use the trade player exception too. So it's almost like we've seen enough this year to say, okay, you know what? Even if they go on a tear the back half of the season and whatnot, this team clearly has some issues. And I don't know if this is the championship year. So why go and spend your uh, trade player exception, for example, on Andre Drummond, if all of a sudden it's not going to do much. And then all of a sudden the next offseason, something opens up where a guy becomes available and you could have used it there. So why rush into it? Yeah, um, no, I, yeah, I, I can see it both ways because I can see like if they have this much confidence in the team, that's probably a good thing for Brad. It's probably a good thing for all the players. But if they don't, don't waste your time. Like, why throw right. all your cards at John Collins and Rondo? I know John Collins is a restricted free agent and they can match it. But as long as Kemba or Marcus Smart is on the team, you can't mm-hmm. match it. Right. Uh, so it's my whole thing is, is like, I would rather have them use it in the offseason. Just let the season be if they're the sixth seed and maybe they go on a little bit of a run and they beat the the three seed, you know, which what right now I think is the Pacers. No, the Bucks. I think right now the three seed, it's something yeah. like that. Um, it like, OK, sure. Like, let's try it out. But like, I would rather have this team. Make a big move in the offseason. You're going into a Marcus Smart contract here because a lot of people don't like remember that like next year could be. Could be, I don't think it will be, could be Marcus Smart's last year in a Celtics uniform. And if you don't think Marcus Smart's going to go balls to the wall on a contract year, yeah, basically what could be his last contract with the way that he plays, because he's what, 26, 27 right now? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Marcus Smart playing the way that he does at 32, 33 is going to be really tough. So if you can give me 190 million percent Marcus Smart energy level with a couple new guys and a brand new off season and a longer off season. And maybe some of the young guys improve like a Neesmith. He looked fine out there today. Defensively, yep. his shots not there yet. That will take time. But like, I would rather have that than just throw something up against the wall when this team's playing like crap. Right. I think that's a good, good way to put it. The, the only types of trades too. And I know I kind of, this almost contradicts what I've said, but I, I don't think you mortgage any sort of future or anything like that. If you go and get like an Eric Gordon or a PJ Tucker or something this year, it could only help in my opinion, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I know it might eat into the, the trade player exception, I guess. So there, there's a, a point to be made, but I do think, you know, doing nothing almost is, is a dead give up on the season. And again, I don't know if I'm thinking too much about it or, or whatnot, but does that tell Tatum and Brown, you know, they are young, impressionable stars right now they could be like oh wow this team's not going to try and invest in me even though because it's easy for me to say as a fan being like oh they're three to four years away from really being at their peak these guys want it now like you know they're they're here and and that seems like a a lifetime's away for them so i i don't know if you send the wrong message to them or to the rest of the guys or even the fans just saying yeah let's not do anything because we've heard about trade 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 at the deadline for years i haven't really seen a celtics team in the last few years that need a trade more at the deadline to get better than this team, you know? Yeah. I, I so. do not want to be Danny Ainge because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on him because Danny always has to win every trade. He always yep. has to be the smartest guy in the room. And I, it's cute and adorable and all, but at times, like sometimes maybe just letting someone else pants you could help the team going down the road. Like you don't need to pants every single team. And because of that, teams aren't going to deal with you. And then look what we've dealt. Look, look at the roster right now. I mean, right. there is not one consistent player on this team minus JT and Jalen. Like, that's it. Like, Tice was shooting lights out last week, and he could barely hit the front of the rim today. And yep. and even the last game, and, you know, Shemi was unbelievable the other night. And he's not consistent in right. any way, shape, or form. So it's very weird. Um, before I let you go, I want to talk about the, uh, the upcoming week. You got mm-hmm. the Joker, the Nuggets, the Hawks, Zion, Pelicans. Do you have any hope? any faith uh in any I, of the games <laughs> i do I, I i feel like i am am such a sucker for this team because i'll go on a rant <laughs> as i do my post game streams saying this team blah 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 yeah they stink and then all of a sudden someone asks about how are they going to do against the one of the best players in the league and and Jokic and the nuggets and i'm like oh they, I, they got them this team can beat anybody mm-hmm. and people are like they just got smacked by the wizards and you're telling me they're going to go and beat the nuggets and and i say yes so i, I do think that you know 
it, it's there's gonna there's got to be uh, that game specifically the next game against the Nuggets. There's got to be some sort of oh my god, we just got punched in the mouth. We can't do that again. Um, so let's go out and play better. But then I think you know the Hawks are 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 a, are a you know a sexy name for a team right now. They like you know they like the young guys and talking about NBA fans. But I don't think the Hawks are actually that no. threatening. I think that they're they, the Celtics should be able to beat them twice in a row. It's like I I do see a, a little bit of a win streak coming up, and I don't know if that's because. You know, I, I believe too much in this team or, or the Celtics need it, but I don't, I'm, it's, it's, it's a lot different to say, you know, you have the Nuggets and then the Hawks coming up and, and the Pelicans than being like, okay, we have the Clippers, Lakers, you know, it's like, these are winnable games. Um, the only reason people don't think they're winnable games is because of these past, you know, handful of games that made the Celtics look way worse than they actually are. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like, I'm not worried about the Hawks, like right. at all. Like, I'm not worried. About, I mean, sure. Protecting the rim with Clint Capella. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about, you know, maybe Zion going off and Steven Adams because there's no strength in any way, yep. shape or form in the post. But even other games after that, like we play the Wizards again. There's no way the Celtics play as bad as they did. You play the Raptors. You've already beat them. You play the Clippers. You've already beaten them. I know that game was yep. bananas. But and then the Pacers. OK, that that will be tough. I could see. Yep. I don't think it will happen, but I could see this team on these next 10 games, maybe going seven and three, eight and two, ending on a positive note and really just saying, okay, we needed this break. Jalen gets his rest. Kemba gets his rest. Jason gets the rest. And then they become a spring team because I keep seeing everyone saying that the Celtics are going to be a spring team, which is great. I love that. I mean, of course we want to see that, but it's just like right now, I don't see them being a spring, winter, fall, summer no. team, like, like at all, any season. So I really think these next 10 games are going to make or break what Danny does. Yeah. Because if they, if, you know, if we want to pat on with the, Oh, they're a spring team. It's like, well, if you dig yourself a big enough hole in the winter, it doesn't matter if you're a spring team or not, you're not getting to ground level, you know? So, exactly. so I, I, I do, I I'm, I'm hopeful for them to bounce back because as as bad as they've been, they're not this bad. You know, they they just lost to the the team that's in last place in the Eastern Conference. They're not that bad of a team. Yeah, they they might have issues. You know, whether it's Jason Tatum all of a sudden disappearing for a Sunday game, Brad Stevens not being intense, Marcus Smart being injured, Jalen Brown and Kemba's knee issues. They have issues, but they're not as bad of a team as we've seen lately. So it's really only up that they can go from here you know yeah absolutely absolutely well ev uh, i appreciate you jumping on can you let everyone know uh where they can find you and follow you yeah um again i'm, I'm really glad you asked me to come on um i've listened to your show for a while now i know we've been in, in talks in the dms and whatnot for for probably a couple of years now so thank you very much for having me on um if anyone listening wants to find me they can follow me at evguyboston on twitter um, and, and anything I do is, is there, you know, so if you want to listen to my podcast or watch my streams or videos or anything like that, you can find it all at Evguy Boston on Twitter. All right, cool. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, joining. I uh, hope you stay safe and I'm sure we'll cross paths soon. Yeah, for sure. All you right. as well. Just want to thank Evan Singleton again for jumping on. He's got a bunch of great podcasts like the Tommy Points podcast and the Unleashed podcast. Those are all Celtics podcasts. Make sure you check those out. Evan's very knowledgeable when it comes to the Celtics. And uh, he t- he's got a crap load of followers. A lot of people believe in what he has to say. More followers than I got. So all the power to Evan, and I appreciate him hopping on. So the Celtics, will make this quick, guys, because I know this has been quite the long podcast. But... Uh, Preview of the upcoming week. The Celtics have four games this week, three at home, one on the road. They play the Nuggets Tuesday night, tomorrow night, if it's Monday that you're listening, or tonight, Tuesday, or you missed the game last night, if it's Wednesday. But uh, Nuggets on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., Hawks at 7.30 p.m., and then Friday at 7.30 p.m. as well. All three of those games at the Garden. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday at the Garden. Pelicans at 3.30 in New Orleans on the 21st. The Nuggets matchup scares me a great deal because of their size with Bull Bull, Michael Porter Jr., and of course, Jokic, a.k.a. the Joker. He's been playing like an MVP level this year, uh, MVP-type player this year. Uh, This is the definition of team basketball. They got eight guys who score in double figures. It all starts with the Joker. He's averaging eight assists a game for a center. That's absolutely ridiculous. The negative is they don't get to the line a lot. They actually get to the line less than the Celtics do. And I think that's a good thing, but the Celtics man-to-man on-ball defense has been crap lately, and I'm afraid that they're going to get to the line a lot. Gary Harris Jr. most likely will be missing the game, which is obviously a good thing. He's very good, but that also puts the ball in Jamal Murray's hands a little bit more, which is very dangerous. He's a very dangerous scorer, so Kemba will be busy defending him. So it should be a fun game, but 
I don't think the Celtics will win it, but if they do, I think that's a huge, huge victory, especially after the crap two losses that they have. Then they have back-to-back home games against the Hawks, and I think they should be fun. The Hawks are a very weird team. They can get very hot, and they can be very cold. They obviously have Trey Young, Gallinari, Herter, Cam Reddish. They can all shoot the ball very, very well, and when they get going, it's a tough offense to stop. They can also defend the rim with Clint Capella and John Collins and Okongwu, the rookie from USC that the Celtics were rumored to get if they traded up. Now, I know a lot of people are probably saying, what about John Collins? Do you think the Celtics should trade for John Collins? What about John Collins? What do you think? Now, would I want him? Yes. Is he everything I want the Time Lord to be? Yes. Can he help this team? Yes. Are his numbers down this year from last year? Yes. Here's the thing. Is it worth throwing so much stuff at him? You don't have to trade the throw. Uh, you don't have to use the trade exception to get him. But here's the thing. He's a restricted free agent. And he's going to want a lot of money. He turned down a $90 million deal from the Hawks. He's going to want a lot of money. And as long as you have Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown on this team, you're not going to be able to re-sign him unless you literally get rid of everyone else that includes Marcus Smart. So it may not be worth it. But who knows? If you get rid of Kemba in the trade, then all of a sudden it is worth it. And there's also been rumors attached that Rajon Rondo would be coming with John Collins in the trade. Obviously, I'd love to have Rondo back, have him come full circle, replace Jeff Teague so on and so forth. So yes, I would like John Collins. Do I think it's worth it to trade him and then lose him? Ugh, that That's a tough debate, and we don't have time for that. Maybe maybe the next podcast. But they are the middle of the pack, stat team-wise. They really don't do a lot of things great, uh, but the Celtics always have trouble with them. Luckily, second-year player DeAndre Hunter, who's played very well this year, he's hurt. Rondo has a back issue. He might be back. Who knows? We'll see. And then, so they play those guys twice. Those should be two wins. The Celtics are a better team than the Atlanta Hawks. I know the Celtics suck right now, but they're a better team than the Atlanta Hawks. And then the Pelicans game. The Pelicans game on Sunday, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they need to pick up their defense and defend Brandon Ingram. You can't let what Bradley Beal did to you today happen again the following Sunday at 3.30, a matinee. You can't do it. You can't let it happen. So they have to defend Brandon Ingram. Besides that, I'm not worried about Lonzo Ball. I'm not worried about Josh Hart. I'm not worried about J.J. Redick. Obviously, if those guys get going, the Celtics are in trouble. But the Pelicans are not a very good team on defense. You've got to attack Zion Williamson off the dribble. He's not a very good weak side defender either. You can The second Zion starts creeping over, Like, if Grant Williams is in the corner and Zion's guarding him and Jason Tatum starts coming to the rim, Grant Williams has to know that he has to cut to the basket baseline. Tatum, Tatum, Kemba, Jalen, whoever it is, can get him the ball and he can lay it up and in. Who's ever standing in that corner? It can happen. The Pelicans, I'm telling you, the Celtics, before I lose my goddamn mind, the Celtics need to go 3-1 or 4-0 this week. Minimal. Can't go 2-2 if you ask me. No way, Jose. So, yeah. That's it for episode 111 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Timmy G, your favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. Please stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. I'm starting to lose my voice. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.